You are listening to Aldrin Simpia on SAFM. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. 24 minutes after 3 o'clock. We're in conversation next with John Kiger, retired professor of politics and international relations at the University of Cambridge. He's joining us from France. So UK's Foreign Secretary James Cleverly has announced new sanctions targeting Russia's access to foreign military equipment. He says UK will also take further steps to tackle countries actively supporting Putin by supplying weapons and military components directly to Russia, including Iran and Belarus. But what effect are sanctions having on Russia? John Kiger now joining us on the line. Prof, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. What do you make about this latest um, announcement? Well, I think it's um, a sign that uh, sanctions are not really working very effectively against Russia. Um, and what the British government is doing is beginning to target specific military companies that are getting around the sanctions in order to feed Russia with the military equipment that they need. Uh, And so on that level, it it shows, I think, that the sanctions are not working. I could say a lot more about the wider uh, sanctions and how those are not working as well, if you wish. Sure, let's go there. Okay, well, certainly in the short term, the wider sanctions that have been taken by Western countries against Russia are are not working. We only have to look at uh, Russia's GDP, its gross domestic product for last year, and we can see that it only went down by 2.1% with enormous sanctions on it. And this year, the International Monetary Fund says that Russia's economy will actually grow uh, in 2023 by 0.7%, which is actually more than most Western countries' growth will be in that year as well. So, so, so is the intention of the sanctions just mainly economical? Because when, when the sanctions were announced initially, um, I remember Biden um, as well as I think it was Germany as well, kept on emphasizing that um, there are companies and individuals that are funding the war. Yes, you're right. And um, the, the sanctions that the British government has imposed uh, from today... Uh, are are targeting in particular specific companies and specific individuals. I think they find that that is a better way of doing things than having a blanket system of sanctions uh, against Russia. Uh, No, you can go ahead, Prof. the, 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 The astonishing thing is about the range of sanctions that have been general, that have been placed on Russia so far, and as I say, Uh, There's clear evidence to show that these haven't been working. But the sanctions that have been applied, there's something like 13,000 different sanctions applied by the West. That's more sanctions in the history of sanctions than any country, any single country has had. And it's actually more than Iran, Syria, North Korea and Cuba combined. So the effects are really fairly weak compared with the uh, actual range of those sanctions. Could we see a proposal being made at the United Nations, at least, um, that would also lead to, um, or proposal at least, um, that comes from the United Nations that says, sanction certain countries and certain governments as well, instead of focusing on individuals and individual companies? Well, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning of your, your introduction, the there are a number of countries which are being targeted now by those British sanctions. And 
such as Iran, Turkey, Belarus, you know, Slovakia, even Switzerland and the United Arab Emirates. So we can see that specific countries now that are being able to supply specific mm-hmm. kinds of material to Russia are being um, affected. But the worrying thing would be for the West if it started to apply sanctions in particular to countries of the global south, because then it would be upsetting uh, probably an awful lot of countries around the world that don't necessarily support uh, the war against uh, Russia. Uh, And that would be a, a rather sensitive diplomatic action. Yeah. And considering these sanctions that have been been announced now by Britain, and we know the conglomerate of the Western countries that have applied these sanctions against against Russia, how much of this also plays into um, the battle that is playing out now between the U.S. as well as Iran? Um, Well, um, I mean, it it plays into that that battle. It's not just. Uh, Iran, it's also China, yeah. which is taking up some of the slack that, uh, that Russia, Russia's exports um, uh, are having to uh, play with. So um, certainly Iran is, is being targeted specifically in these UK sanctions because Iran is supplying uh, drones, military drones to Russia, and those drones are, are pretty effective. Yeah, I I saw a report from Al Jazeera indicating that Iran says it has technology to build supersonic missiles amid the U.S. tensions. And also considering that there was the deployment of um, the military um, around um, around one or well, the U.S. Navy saying that on Monday, more than 3000 military personnel have arrived in the Red Sea. And I'm just thinking that will this have a spill on effect? Well, it could do. Um, the thing about Iran, which also has lots and lots of sanctions on it and has done for, for many years now, uh, Iran is, is a very competent country uh, technologically, and it is able to produce probably missiles of a, a fairly sophisticated level. And that would obviously increase tensions within the Middle East, which are already running pretty high, unless there was some kind of deal that was done with a number of the Middle Eastern countries with Iran to uh, compensate for Iran relinquishing certain uh, weapons and not selling them on to Russia. And I'm thinking of Saudi Arabia there. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. John Kiger, the retired professor of politics and international relations at the University of Cambridge. We're taking your voice notes on 0614-104-107. You can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin St. Pierre and our studio line is 086 0002032.